Good afternoon, Rabbi Isai. Good evening, Rabbi Isai. Good morning in Australia. Good evening in Eretz Yisrael. Lulinishmas Imi, Rusbas Mordechai. Today's shir is being sponsored by the famous Phil Rosenblatt. You probably don't even know who he is. Uncle Phil. Yard site for my father, Yerachmiel Chaim Ben Pinchos, on his 20th yard site. Ah, I didn't realize this. When I printed out this picture, it said that this picture was taken right before he was Nifter. Phil's father was Nifter. So I guess this picture was 20 years ago. Right over here. Ah! So now we get to see three generations. Phil, Phil's son, and Phil's father, Givaldic. All right. Rabbi Isai, hopefully this is my last year in Chicago for a while. Real quick email, if I make the flight. I did not print out the papers I was supposed to print out. But the shear is a little slightly earlier than on Thursday, so I think I have enough time. This is from Aaron Khan. Learning the daf saved my apartment from being burnt down. Rebelli, thank you for your amazing shear. I, like others, had fallen off the daf Yomi bandwagon. I decided one day during Chalamoyed to jump back on and start with the day's daf, with that day's daf. That's beautiful. Start where everybody else is holding. We had left a big pot of soup on the stove and we were eating all the meals by my in-laws since we didn't have a sukkah. I told my wife I was going to go back to my apartment to get my gemara. Even though they were a different house, he had to go back to get his gemara. I would bring it back and listen to the daf there. When I got to my apartment, it was full of smoke. The soup pot was burnt to crisp. Suffice it to say, had I not gotten back to my apartment to get my gemara, I probably wouldn't have an apartment. May Hashem continue to give you the kayak to give this unbelievable shir, Ankan, Baltimore, Maryland, all the best. Shkoyach Godal. So here we go. A beautiful daf today. Typical Erevan fashion. Many, many pictures. I don't know what we're going to do in the next Masechta. Really don't know. Okay, each Masechta, one at a time. Some, some Masechtas is only one or two charts per daf. Over here it's 15. Way more than any other Masechta, that's for sure. Says the Gemara we're holding on that pay, hey, Ahmed Bays. Oh, yeah. today is a beautiful day. It's Avi Kamiansky's 40th birthday, Rabbi Yisai. 40. The big 4 0. Tremendous Mazel Tov to Avi. He helps a tremendous amount behind the scenes. He's a very Hatznei Aleches. He helped me with my flight now. But I'm saying just every day he helps and helps. He's the CFO. He does all the money stuff without saying a word. Givaldic. So, and he's a very, very uh, busy attorney with all that that he does. He still has a lot of time for us. So, Gracie Shkoyach, the upcoming, how many years? 80 years. Should, you should be able to do, accomplish 100 times more than you accomplished until now. And you should see a lot, a lot of nachas from your children and from your gans and mishpacha. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Huda Oimer, im yesham tfis asyad. So, Erevin 101. If I have a chatzar, I could go into my chatzar. If I share my chatzar with one other person, Chachamim said you have to make an Eruv. What if I rent out an apartment in my chatzar? So, I have to make an Eruv with that guy. But what if, says Rabbi Huda, I have a little bit of a, a connection to that apartment. In other words, I have a Tfisa Siyad, which reminds me, I didn't say this yesterday, but a very interesting thing, you can look it up. There's a guy that made a lot of money in the garbage business. He's one of the top 10 successful garbage companies in America. So he had a lot of cash. So what did he do? He always bought cars. You can look it up. 
It's called uh, on YouTube like 300 yard, uh, barn finds, something like that. Basically, when he died, he left over hundreds of cars. He built a garage that houses 300 cars. Each car, you can imagine, we're not talking about just cars. Ferrari, 1926, Rolls Royce, the, the kids are, every car is more expensive than the next. It came to a point where he didn't have where to store these cars. So what he would do was he would buy people's houses next door and he'd put the cars in the garage and then rent out the house. And then he would, this is what he would do. Just go and buy more and more and more property. He had a tfisa siyad. He wouldn't give the entire property. He held onto the garage. So Rebuda says, if you have a tfisa siyad, what does this mean? Kigain says the Gemara, Chatzeri Bunyas ben Bunyas. Bunyas was extremely wealthy, like the Chatzer of the son of Bunyas. Rashi says he had a lot of furniture, and he would rent the houses fully furnished. So Memela, that's a Tfisas Yad. He didn't just give away the whole apartment. It comes furnished. That's his stuff. Says the Gemara, like the Chatzer of Bunyas, says the Gemara, Ben Bunyas, Asal Kameh, what's the gears here? Let me just check out real quickly. So Ben Bunyas, okay, so Ben Bunyas, Asal Kameh the Rebbe. He once happened, this big Asher, Gvir, comes in front of Rebbe. Omar Lahu, so he told everybody, Panu Mokoim Leben Mea Mana. Make room for the guy that's worth 100 Mana, or 10,000 Dinar, 10,000 Zuz. You got to give covet to the rich guy. Says the Gemara also in Shachrino, Omar Lohu, and Rebbe says to them, Panu Mokoim Leben Mana. This guy seems wealthier. Make room for the guy that's worth 20,000 Dinar. This Ben Bunyas, in other words, his father Bunyas, he has a thousand cruise ships. Cruise ships. We're going to go on a cruise by Hashem, by the Sium. He has a thousand of these ships in the ocean. I don't know what they were in those days, but it seems like a ship is a big deal. For each ship, ship, that you park in a garage, you need a house. He bought a thousand cities to park his ships. He had those, what are they called? The landing strips, whatever they're called. The dock, the docks, or whatever they are. Elif is by Abasha. He had a thousand and a thousand. In other words, he had a tremendous amount of money over here. The Gemara doesn't use the typical 300, 400, a thousand. It gets a lot. Omar Lai. So Rebbe was like, oh, I didn't realize he's that wealthy. When you bump into Bunyas, tell him, what are you sending him in a Macy's suit? Put a, give him a Gishmaka Brioni suit so I could tell that he's an usher. What are you, he comes in like a schnar over here. Like a, look what he's wearing. I had no idea that he's a wealthy guy. He looks like Warren Buffett. He's driving around in a in a 1987 uh, Buick. How am I going to know that he's, a, that, he's a, that he's a wealthy guy? By the way, I have a riddle here. It's not a riddle, but what would you think if anybody here has a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law? What is... Somebody's showing his Buick keys. <laughs> I should have known. It's my Shitzvi with the Alta Buick. Avada, Avada. Okay, I, sh- I should have chaved just when I had no idea that he took away the keys. You still driving around that Camry from the, from the 40s? Avada, Avada, okay. 
Zagdi Gemara like this, but not a joke. When I bought my, uh, my first 2,000 uh, unit property, I showed up with a guy, Norm Schwab. I told you about him, one of my best friends in, at that time. Later on, he went off to Derech, a whole Maisa. He showed up to the property. In, uh, it was a car right below the Corolla. It's, uh, I forgot what it's called. I don't even know if they, they don't have it anymore. It's below a Corolla. And it, had, it was red, but it had, I have a picture of it. It had four color red. Like he went to the, to the what do they call it? Where they, to the graveyard over there, whatever it's called. And they, he, he changed different panels. And he had different reds. He shows up. And the guy comes over to me and says, this is your partner? This is the guy that's going to buy with you 2,000 apartments? This is the car he drives? I said, no, he's a shtickmacher. The guy has Lamborghinis, this, that. This is his car for shtick. Like, he bedafka made it red. Ah, ah, okay, fine. Anyway, so, I don't even know where we're holding. It says the Gemara, Rebbe mechabed ashirim. So this is a very interesting yisoyed. Rebbe would give honor to the wealthy. So does he decide to give honor to the wealthy? People, why should I give him covet? Rebbe would give him covet. Rebbe Akiva, Mechabed Ashirim, Rebbe Akiva would also give covet to Ashirim. The, I heard from Morius Formas, who's the, one of the biggest Balit duck in Chicago. He said that Rav Shach sent his grandson, Usher Bergman, to ask Mori for bracha for children. Why? Because Rav Shach held, he's a gadol hadar, I mean, he said it by himself, I'm the gadol hadar in Zdaka. So Mela, people should come ask me brachas. Anyways, but there's such a musik. You go and you mechabed ashirim. It's going to see, maybe he got it from this Gemara over here. The world sits in front of Hashem, the, the kings. Chesed ve'emes. Man, the man is a lotion of, the Gemara is going to explain, is mezoinus, like man, yinitzru, they'll save him. A masa yeshev oilam, lifnei elikim, when is the world going to be safe and good? Bizman shechesed ve'emes, man yinitzru. When, so who supports the anim, the ashirim? So Gishbaruch loves the fact that they support, it's not just, oh, he's an asher, he's Bill Gates. What does he do with his money? If he does the right thing with his money and he takes care of Akash Baruch who's poor, then that saves the world. So it's very interesting. This Friday, I know we're going off on a bunch of tangents, but it's my last day in Chicago, the cover of Chicago. I got this in the mail. Erev Shabbos, I opened up in front of the whole shir. What is it? It's a brand new art scroll, Ein Yaakov, on Mesechus Erev and Pesachim. I have to say, I n- never really looked in the Yaakov, and it came with a very nice letter from the Art Scroll Heritage Foundation, signed, hand-signed, not, I, I can prove that it's hand-signed by Gedalia Zlatowicz himself. And he writes here that since you're a Magachir, I would like you to take a look. Beautiful job they did here. The t- a typical Art Scroll fashion, it has the Tzur Sadaf, the Gemara chose where the Inyakov is going on, and then they did their own Tzur Sadaf, three things, five, beautiful stuff. So I looked up, I said, I want to see something on this Gemara, because this is like a Gadata. So I saw a beautiful pshat. But you guys could enjoy the same pshat that I found in the Ayakov, because later on I found it in the Gilead Shas. So look on the side of the Gilead Shas, this is a beautiful pshat. The Rebbe Kiva Eger. All the way on the side. Gemara, Rebbe Mechabed Ashir. Belikuti Maharil Shishoma Maharam Segal Dishloimar. Metoich She Rebbe Atzmei Hoya Asher Muflog. Why was Rebbe Mechabed Ashir? Because Rebbe was a tremendous Gvir himself. Listen to this unbelievable pshat. 
So he said, let's give covet to the wealthy. Why? So that people should be mechabed rebi, not for his Torah, but because of his wealth. Unbelievable. Rebbe didn't want people to give him honor on his Torah, because that's true honor. To give somebody fake covet because he's wealthy, that he was asking to take, that fake covet. So he said, let me f- trick everybody and tell them, give honor to the wealthy. Because I'm wealthy, so they'll start giving me covet, and they're not going to give me covet because I'm Rebbe who made the Shisha Sidri Mishnah. I'm Rebbe, the wealthy guy. That's what the Maril brings down. Zog the Gemara. Now we're jumping right back to Yeruvin. Rabbi Barachana Omar kigon Yosef shel Machresha. What does that mean exactly? So we know what a Yosef shel Machresha is from Masech the Shabbos. I'll remind you, here, pulled it out of Masech the Shabbos. It's, it's the knife that plows the ground, this gray item right over here. So not this whole thing, just the actual uh, bit, or whatever you want to call it. So if I store that in the apartment that I'm renting out to somebody else, then I own that apartment, not the guy that's renting it. And the guy that's renting it doesn't ruin it. I don't need to make an error with him. Says the Gemara Rabbi Babachano Omar Kigon Yosef Macharisha. Omar Rav Nachman Tonu Debei Shmuel Davar Hanito B'Shabbos Oiser. If I can go into the apartment and grab it on Shabbos, then it's as if it doesn't exist in the apartment because I might take it out. So the guy that lives there Oiser he answers the whole chutzur on me. I have to make an error with him. You hear how you read it? If, let's say, it's this machresha bit, I cannot touch it on Shabbos, it's mukta. Then the guy, not the bit, the guy that lives there doesn't make the chatzar asr because I cannot touch the item. And therefore, it's as if the item lives in my apartment, not that guy. That guy has no business ruining it for me. And we have the same idea. Yeshloi tevel, if there's fruit that he can't touch, they're muktzah, he didn't take trumas and maestras. Yeshloi ashoshes, if there's a piece of very large metal, says Rashi, can't do anything with it on Shabbos. You could fabricate it after Shabbos, but on Shabbos he can't do it. It's muktzah. V'chol davr she'en initel b'shabbos, or any other item that he can't move on Shabbos, e'noi oiser, the person living there doesn't aser the chatzar, I don't have to make an eruv. Wow, wow. You know, it's interesting because we had the 65 people a second ago, now it's 63. But it's beautiful that also, I think on Friday also, same number, middle of the day. Stop. 1.15, today's shit, 65 people show up. I don't know how many on YouTube. Ellie, we're still doing good with YouTube? Okay, Israel Goldstein will tell us. Shalom Aleichem Do'ilam, Shuli David, Ah, Ah, one of the night guys, Givaldik, and Zevi Shuper, Pshiyah. All right, Zok Tehelegim Mishnah. Ameniach, Beisoy, Vaholach, Lishboiz, Beiracheres. So, once again, why do you need an Erev? Because somebody else is living in the Chatzor. What if the guy goes on vacation? He left the house behind. Is that considered that he's there? Or because he's in the Bahamas, he's not there? Is it, does it go by the house or does it go by the person? Says the, the Tanakama, we have four shitas here. 
He left. We know a guy asses the chotzer on, on, on everybody else. You have to rent the house from him. So it doesn't matter, even if he's a guy or a Jew. Why? Says Rashi, because we go with the shita, dira beloi balim shmodira. A house that's empty is considered a house and it ruins if everybody else has to make an Eruv. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Einoi Oiser. Rabbi Yehuda says, no. Dira beloi balim loi shmodira. A house without a resident, just because the bricks and mortar is not what causes the Eruv, it's the person and the person is not here, not us. Rabbi Yaisi Oimer, Nachri Oiser Yisrael Eini Oiser. So Rabbi Yaisi agrees to Rabbi Yehuda, Loishmadira. A house by itself is not, but the concern is that the person is going to return. He's going to return on Shabbos. Who's going to return on Shabbos? A guy. He could grab an Uber, he could get into a taxi, come back. A Jew is most likely not going to come back, and therefore once he leaves, it's as if he doesn't live in the Chatzar anymore for this Shabbos. You don't have to make an error. Reb Shimon goes, takes it down to a whole other level. He's very makel. Even if he goes to visit his daughter in that city, in that exact city, he didn't leave anywhere. He didn't go on vacation. He just went a couple blocks away. He's eating out by his daughter. That's it. He's gone. Why? He was like Miyayish. He was... He was uh, so to speak. He doesn't, he's not coming back to this house now. He's going to sleep by his daughter's house. The Mishnah says, daughter. So is there enough kamina between how we treat a daughter, or let's, let's call it a son-in-law, who's married to your daughter, versus the way we treat your daughter-in-law. In other words, who do you get along with better, your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law? If you get into a fight with one of them, who do you care about more? That's the Shaila here. Very interesting Shaila. Omarav. Look at this. The, Gemara, the whole Gemara is only less than three lines. Omarav. Halacha Kerib Shimon, the most makel, that even if you go to your daughter's house, it's as if you left the Chatzar for good. Vidav Kebito, says the Gemara. Al benoi loi, not your son. Da'amri inche. Listen what the Gemara calls a son in law. If a dog, a male dog, barks at you, ignore him. Go into his house. Who cares? So your son-in-law yelled at you. But if a female dog barks at you, get out of there. In other words, certain people are shaking their heads. They know exactly what we're talking about here. When your daughter-in-law gets mad at you, Disappear. It's not a good idea to stick around. It's not going to fill the sponsor that says it's not true. It's the, is it the opposite or it's the same? It's the opposite. you rather be with a fighting daughter-in-law? Gets her, I don't know. Treat your exactly, but what if you get into a fight with them? The point is once you cross that line, you got to... It's not a question if you will or you, what if you did? Who is it better to get into a fight with? Who is it easier to get along? If you get into a fight with your son-in-law and he's really mad at you, you could ignore him, you could have chalent in his house because your daughter is in charge of that house, you know, I don't care about the son-in-law. But the, if you fight with your daughter-in-law, she's going to make your life miserable, she won't let you see the kids for another 10 years, 
get out of there. So in other words, what the Gemara is saying here, that if it's your own daughter, you go to your daughter's house, what's the worst that's going to happen? The worst is you're going to get into a fight with your son-in-law. You're not going to go home. He's not going to drive you back to your house. And Mamela, you don't have to make an Eruv. But if the opposite is true, you go to your daughter-in-law's house, you might have to come back if you get into a fight with her, unless you're Phil and very, very careful of the daughter-in-law. Okay. It's a good thing I know, because I'm expecting Be'ezer Hashem to have four daughter-in-laws versus my one son-in-law. So I have to know this. Okay. I'll do my best not to get under a bad side. Says the Mishnah. Oh, it's another Mishnah. We can look around for a second. Rav Pesach Waxman, Shkoyach. Akiva Factor. Here are a bunch of guys from the nights here. Ah, not Rav Pesach Factor, but I'm talking about Akiva Factor. I haven't seen him in ages. Shalom Aleichem Akivas. Ah, such a Gishmak Yid. Here we go. Here's Erevan. You have a pit that's divided right down the center of the two Chatzerois. Here's a beautiful picture from Vaiz Vahadar. A wall just goes right above, right above the pit. Crosses right over in the center. Says the Mishnah, you can't draw water from an Ashabas. You have to make some sort of mechitza. The Gemara is going to explain everything. The Mishnah is a little bit of confusing. The Gemara is going to put it into some sort of perspective. Here's a mechitza. You see the wood that comes off the wall. Here's a, a brick wall. And on the bottom, there's, he built a mechitza. Now, where's this mechitza exactly? Bein melamato, bein mitoich agnoi. Whether the mechitza, like in this picture, touches the water, or it's just below the lip of the bar. We're gonna, I'm going to show you better pictures in a second. It doesn't matter. So that's the Tanakam. Do they argue with the Tanakam or not? We'll see in a second. Do they agree with the Tanakam? He says, And we're going to see in the Gemara, a is what it exactly means, lemato lemalo. Omar Rabbi Yehuda comes to Rabbi Yehuda and says, Loi Says Rabbi Yehuda, why is this not enough? This brick wall, why can't I use this brick wall and do some sort of good aches mechitzta? There's an invisible mechitzta that goes all the way down. Didn't we have something similar the other day that if you have a porch and you have a hole in the porch, you just build a little box and the box goes all the way down to the water? That's Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Omar Lemato. So basically, we only have three, three, shita, three shiurim over here. Says Ravuna, the first two. Lemato, lemato mamish. Lemalo, lemalo mamish. Lemato, so the, the words are confusing, but it's very simple. Lemato, lemato mamish doesn't mean lemato on the bottom of the pit, like you would think when you read it. Lemato mamish means... Touching the water. You see in this picture? This mechitza, he puts a mechitza down here. He has to build some sort of mechitza that touches the water. Doesn't even have to go into the water. Just touch the top of the water. And so, let's start again. Omar Avuna, lemato. When Beishamai say that the mechitza is down below, they don't mean on the bottom, bottom of the pit, which is one sheet that's the only other shear. One, two, and the third one is on the bottom. It means that it's touching the water. It's a little confusing because it says lamata, lamata mamish, lamata. 
Lamala, and when Basil say that it's above Lamala Mamish, it means, well, it's below the surface of the pit, the lip of the pit, but it's all the way on top. It's far away from the water, as you can see in this picture. But it's below the Eigen, below the lip of the pit. Vezevezev, the Gemara finishes off. Vezevezev, both Beishamay and Basil, Babar, look, even Basil, who says it's above the water, it's within the pit. Virav Yehuda Amar. Comes Rav Yehuda, another Shita, not this one, this one. He just slides it down. Now what? Beis Hillel, who say it's above, they become Beis who say it touches. So according to Rav Yehuda, Beis Hillel and Beis say the same thing. Beis Hillel of Rav Yehuda is Beis of Rav Huna. Okay, it's this guy. The mechitza that touches the water. And now we go to the third, the third shita, the third shear, which is, it's actually touching the floor. Rav Yehuda Omar, Lemato, in other words, Rav Yehuda says, Lemalo Lemato, so if we go back to the first, let's go to Rav Huna to explain one small nekuda that I missed. Lemato and Lemalo is referring to the pit. On top of the pit, and the bottom of the pit, where the water starts. Rav Yudha says, no, Lamala and Lamata is referring to the water. On the bottom of the water, like this, like so, it's all the way in the bottom. You see, it's touching the floor. It's actually, it's, it's in the ground, on the bottom of the pit, this mechitza. And Basil say, no, Lamala of the water, not Lamala of the pit. So therefore, Basil will have to slide down to what we said before is Bishama Yishita. Okay. Lamata lamata manamayim, lamata lamata manamayim. Omele rabba barav chonon labayo, as rabba tabayo, hodoma rabbi huda lamata lamata manamayim. This review that says that it's touching the water, let's say, maishna lamata mamish. Why is it that when it touches the water? Deloi, it's no good. I'm sorry. So going according to this. That lamata means mamish. Now we have to say, lamata means mamish. It's actually in the bottom of the floor. That's what Bishami says. It's all the way in the bottom. But what? But this shita of Basil, Bishami won't agree to. That if the mechitza touches the water, no good. Why no good? So let's think logically. What is this accomplishing? Zero. The water mixes in. What's, gonna, what's happening? I live on the right side. You live on the left side. My pail is going to go to the left side and grab water from your side. I need to make some sort of mechitza. So I need to make a mechitza. Because the water is going to mix in. At the end of the day, even if it's all the way in the bottom, the water gets mixed in. And Tysus points out, and we had this, this idea before, even if you were to make a metal mechitza right down the middle, we know how water acts. You can't stop water from coming in. And, and, and mixing into the other side, yet it would be okay. Why? Because I'm showing, I'm making a nice hecker. I'm saying, don't take from the other side. I, the water is going to move to my side. That's, a, that, that's not my problem. I'm careful to take from my side. But asks Rabbah, at the end of the day, why does Bishamah say it has to be all the way in the bottom? If we're only talking about hecker, let it touch the water, that's enough. We're not talking about physically separating Ruvain's water from Shimon's water. It's impossible to separate water. 
You'd have to go through who knows what to, to real, make a real separation of water in a pit. Elamai, you just want to make a hacker. So why is this not enough of a hacker? Says the Gemara, I see that you didn't hear what Rav Yudah said. And some say it came from Rebbechiyah. In fact, what Rabbi Yehuda was saying in the sheet of Bishamim Bissilel is as follows. Let's talk about Bishamim for now. Bishamim say that this, this Mechitz is all the way down on the ground of the, the bottom of the pit. But don't forget, says the Gemara, that it has to stick up a little bit. Stick out of the water a little bit. Sticks out. So now there's a true hacker. It's not pshat that it's buried underneath and the water is mixing in. It's not just buried, it's buried underneath. It goes from the bottom all the way to the top of the water, plus it sticks out another tevach. Now it makes a serious heker. Says the Gemara, another question I want to ask you. Now according to Beisilel, that it goes, the mechitza. Not, not this one. The Mechitza touches the top. Why can't it be suspended five feet above the well? Why does it have to be touching the water of the well? You're telling me because if it's really suspended above, the water is going to mix in. The water is mixing very nicely right now. So what if it touches the water? In other words, the Gemara is just asking the question to, to tell us the final pshat. That what Rav Yehuda said, that it touches the water, he didn't mean literally touches the water, he means he touches the water and you have to go down to Tevach. And when, when he said that Bishama, he says that the, the Mechitza is on the bottom of the well, he didn't just mean it's on the bottom of the well and that's it. It actually protrudes outside of the water a Tevach. So, in other words, in both directions there's a Tevach. And that's a nice hacker. You're right. So in both directions, there's a tefach going on here. Where is this? Here. This mechitza, not only does it touch, but it goes below the surface of the water. This mechitza, not only is resting on the bottom of the well, but it goes above the surface of the water. A tefach. So now we have... A four tfachim beam in ruins. The only thing that's left over, a lot of times you have ruins, but what, what's left from the ruins? The, 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 the flimsy walls that you make out of drywall, whatever, they fall down. But the nice solid beams, especially such a beam that's four tfachim wide, that's, that's pretty solid, that will remain through an earthquake or whatever. So you have a nice beam. Materis bechurba. I could walk underneath here. Why? So Rashi explains, Rashi, Rashi explains that the two edges of this beam, the front edge and Fort Fachamin, the back edge, come downwards. And they come down and they, and they close up this area. So now you have an area of Fort Fachem that's enclosed. That's, what the Gemara, that's how Rashi explains it. Taisis learns Pitik Vyarivasaisim, the front part. Okay. Says the Gemara, Virav Nachman Omar Rava Baravua. 
And we are turning to Daf Pei Vavam and Beis in memory of my mother, Shendel Bat Aaron Hirsch and Bracha by her son, Dr. Alan Listaus. And sponsored by the Austin and Tobias grandchildren, Lilu Nishmas, our Bobby Zissel Bas Chaim. In the Shom Shalav and Aliyah. So what does Gemara say here? Omar Virav Nachman, Omar Rav Baravu, Koira, Arbo Materes Bemayim. So now we turn to Daf Pei Vavam and Beis. We have an amazing thing here. If you have a beam, here's a beam that comes right above the water. This beam could separate Ruvain and Shimon's Chatseris. Because I have a beam. Now, the beam is not touching the water at all. It's a whole new concept now. Just like the beam of a, of a Churva, of the ruins, comes all the way down. You have an invisible wall that comes down and makes a Mechitza. So too, this kaira that goes above the, the well makes an invisible mechitza. Says the Gemara, wait a minute. But there's a physical thing going on here. When I put in my pail into the water, my pail is going to drift away to the other side. How does an invisible mechitza help me? Says the Gemara, No, we, Rabbanon, have a tradition that it cannot drift more than four tfachim. Okay, seems like a little bit of a doichak. Says the Gemara, okay, let's say I'll go with that. But tachas How does it help me right directly below? Okay, it won't go all the way into my neighbor's rishos, but what about directly below the kaira? Over there the water mixes in. How, should, how, could I, how could I draw water from there? We're going away from Rabbi Yehuda here, who says that you need a special, a special heker, and a tefach has to go into the water, a tefach has to pop out of the water. No. We're talking about a special kula, like we had for the last few days, to remind everybody here, that I could build a box, and I pretend that this box goes down into the water. Special kula when it comes to water. I don't want you to, to die from thirst. And, and water is a very, very important thing. So Chacham said, you know what, I'm going to make a special kula when it comes to water. All right. Says the Gemara, it's similar. Uh, I think I printed out a picture, even though it wasn't so necessary, but it's slightly different, this picture. So here you have ruins. And here you have an entire wall that's suspended. The bottom part, as you can see how they depicted beautifully, the bricks fell off the bottom. Okay, here, here. Can I carry with inside the churva? Similar to the shayla we had before of just one beam. And over there we said, or the chud is soysim. This is a special halacha of being matir, water. says Rav, it's only halacha about water. Now what about what we had a number of times in the famous sugin sukkah, so that we'll see. who says, let's go back to Rabbi Yehuda, let's see if I can find him. No, not here. Maybe I was smart enough and I left it here. Yes. Okay. Rabbi Yudu says that this suspended wall, I mean it's a, it's a straight wall, but it's suspended above the well. Rabbi Yudu says that's enough. 
you don't have to build anything extra. You don't have to put into the water, out of the water, in the pit, out of the pit. This is completely above the pit. It doesn't go into the surface of the pit at all. That's enough. Says the Gemara, this is the famous Rabbi Yaisi. That if you have a suspended wall, that's enough even on land, on dry land. Wow, can't wait to get back to the Vismedrish, big white table. Here. A guy started building a wall from top to bottom. And he ran out of material when he got to like more than three tfachim above the ground. Famous Mishnah in Mesech Sukkah. If it's more than three tfachim, psula, because the goat could come underneath. In other words, it's not providing protection from the elements. Cats could come in, goats could come in, no good. But what if it went from reverse? There's actually a picture if you want to see what it looks like. You started building from the bottom up and then you got stuck. So even though the mechitza doesn't reach the schach, kshera, im gevois, asar tvachem, if this entire mechitza is ten tvachem, kshera, it could be very far away from the schach. We pretend that the mechitza continues up, good asik mechitza, it goes upwards and it fills in the blanks. Says Gemara, mimato lilamato, mimato lilamalo, from down to up, imgvoiz asozvong shero. Rabbi Yosi Oimer, kishem shilamato lilamala asoro, kach milamalo, lilamata asoro. So too, if I have suspended in the ear, and a goat could go underneath, but the top part is ten tefachim, I fill in the bottom gap as well, says Rabbi Yosi. So mimelo bayos as well. Rabbi Yudha says, I have a wall that goes across a well, I fill in the gap. The wall drops into the water. Fill in the gap. Says the Gemara of Allahi. You can always make a distinction. This is the favorite thing of the Gemara is to say why two cases are different than each other. Perhaps they're very different. Why? Neither. The case of a, a wall above a well is very different than the case of a sukkah. Why? Rabbi Yehuda said a special... Kula, when you have a wall that, the, that runs above the well, we pretend it goes into the well because the whole idea of Eruvin is only the Rabbanon. The Torah tells you you have to sit in a sukkah, you have to eat in a sukkah, you must sleep in a sukkah. So I need to have proper halachic walls, I have to have proper Deiraisa walls. And pretending that a wall goes down to the bottom, when the goats could come in, that's not a good thing. Now yeah, we have the concepts of Lavud, anything that's Allah HaMashim Sinai, fine. But this new idea of bringing down a wall that's ten tefachim, bringing it all the way down, no. And v'loy Rabbi Yosi savalak Rabbi Yehuda at kan loy kama Rabbi Yosi elab sukkah the Israel asayu. Sukkah is only an asay. In other words, if I eat food or I sleep outside of the sukkah, so I was mevatel an asay. Nobody's going to punish me with a death punishment, with a death penalty. Avol Shabbos the Israel skilahu, but Shabbos, which is. And I get skila, I could be punished by death. It's much more chamer. So yesterday, I was hacking a chinek. I, throw, I threw in what I was supposed to say here. I threw in yesterday because it was in the same part of the daf. I got confused. Rashi over here sticks in, smack in the middle of the daf. Called it, talking about came there, rise So over here, Rashi asks the obvious question. What is going on here? So, we're talking about Eruvin. 
A Eruv is only a Chiyuv Midrabana. So if a person doesn't do an Eruv, there's no Skila. So if there's no Skila, why should I be Machmer and Shabbos? It, it's only the Rabbanon Chumrah. It says Rashi called the Takum Rabbanon, but Rabbanon, when they made the Takon of Eruv, they did it with the Dairaisa Halachas. You're right. If you're over on the Eruv, nothing will happen to you. You're not going to get the death penalty. It's actually less than eating outside of a Sukkah. But when they established their Eruv, they established it with the Halachas of the rice. In other words, let's make proper the rice of walls, not, you know, shaky walls that, that are suspended and etc. Vim toimar, oisoy maisa shenasa bitzipoiri. Oh, the gishmak and maisa coming up. An Eruv and maisa. There's a maisa, that there's an Eruv and a chotzer. No. This is a pretty interesting story. Maisa Shana, we're going to get to it in a second. Maisa Shana, Sabitzipari, Alpi, Minasa. Now, what, how, how can you say that Rabbi Yaisi doesn't agree to this? There was a story in Tzipari. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you, before I tell you the story, I'm going to tell you, Loy Alpi, Rabbi Yaisi, El Alpi, Rabbi Shmol, Bir Rabbi Yaisi, Nasa. It happened with his son, Rabbi Shmol, not with Rabbi Yaisi. Big difference because Rabbi Yaisi is halacha la Maisa. We know Nimukai Imai, whatever he says goes. Rabbi Shmol, not so much. Okay. What happened? The Chiyosu Rav Dimi Omar. Pamach Hashachu V'Loyeviu Sefer Torah Me'Bayadiyim. Terrible story. They forgot to bring a Sefer Torah to the shul. They thought it's in the safe. They opened up the safe. Oops! No Sefer Torah. We forgot to prepare. L'Machar. So what they do? Parsu Sodin Alah Amudim. So according to the Marsha, he he takes out the word Achas and he puts in Echad instead of Achar. Some sorry. Instead of another Chatzar, he says Echad. Okay, big nafkamina. Are we talking about two chatzeris, one chatzer? Let's go with the marasha. That we're talking about one chatzer. Okay? In other words, the shul and the house that the Sefer Torah are in, was, is in is in the same chatzer. Just they forgot to make an of there. So what did they do? So they, 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 they put out sheets from one beam to another beam. But these sheets weren't very large. So they were toli ba'avir. This is our sugya. They were hanging. And yet they use these sheets to make a mechitza. And they use these mechitzas. First of all, how could you spread out a sheet on Shabbos and make an oil? If you recall, this sugya from Sefta Shabbos, daf, I switched it already. In the kuf somewhere. Kuf the shutters. Everybody agrees. Even if you could put a shutter in a window, that's because there's already a wall and it's a shvach ha But to establish a new wall, everybody agrees you can't do it on Shabbos. You can't build a new wall made out of sheets. Zok the Gemara, and the final picture for today. Here, this picture shows you a little bit what happened. I just added the blue because I couldn't really see the white. Maybe when it's blown up you can see. But here's the shul, here's the house. And they went right through here. How do they do it? Because now people can't get in, says Rashi. It's like a mavui. It's closed off from side to side. And if you say Rashi's talking about two chatzers, so just pretend this is a chatzer, and this is a chatzer, and they made something. But the Gemara says, they didn't, they didn't do this on Shabbos. They found there's some sort of mechitza going on here from before Shabbos. What they did is, they carried through these sheets, even though there's no Eruv in the chatzer. That was the big chiddush that they allowed it to happen. Rabbi Isai, wish me luck to make my flight. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I'll see you, Bezer Hashem, from Eretz Yisrael tomorrow. 
sei gesund. Oh, let me see if I could. How do I do this? Am I in charge? Who's in charge here? Yehuda Nelson, it's great to see you. Who? What's his first name? Rabbi Fried from Vienna? Oh, Izu Fried. Shalom Aleichem Rabbi Izu. What, that's a, that's a house in Vienna? I'm currently not in Vienna. Oh. So where are you now? Where are you located now? Where? Oh, Madrid. Also, also an exotic place. Welcome aboard. Shalom Aleichem. It's great to see your face. It's great to see your face. I have to, uh, don't worry, I have to come visit you, y'all. I have to come visit on the way to the airport. I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm going to, I have to make it, otherwise I might miss my flight again. I'm worried about making my flight. Yeah, but I'm worried about making my flight. That's why I have to come visit you. That's exactly why I'm coming visit you. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> what? What did you say? I'm experienced with the forms. My wife is like, how can me? I'm like, I have to prepare for the shoot. She goes, but why didn't you fill out the forms? I said, I can't. They told me you have to do it right before you fly. You can't even do it last night. Ooh, so new, so, so he's familiar with what we just learned today? With the mechitza, lamala, lamata, the gdi? My new one or my old one? <laughs> All right, Rabbi Sai. I'm going to go. It's great to see everybody. 
I'll let you know. I'll send pictures from the, from the flight. <laughs>